take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. And welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. You know, Gene, we were going to talk about today on our episode about why we care so much about what other people think. Mm-hmm. And this plays out directly in all of our relationships, but it plays out pretty significantly in our primary relationship. That's interesting thought. It seems like there's, um, you know, the, the vague they out there in the world, them, mm-hmm. they, and then there's people we actually know and the overculture, and then there's people who are closest to us who know us, mm-hmm. and then our primary relationship, which is our greatest potential for safety or rejection. That is, if trust is built in the relationship, then your partner sees you for who you are, flaws and all, mm-hmm. yet accepts you for who you are. Right. Trust is a big part of um, caring about what people think. It's a big part of our judgment about other people as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if someone cheats on their partner, we have one thought about it. But if that person is a marriage therapist, we have another thought about it. Because they are a quote-unquote authority. Right. That's supposed to be trustworthy. And so it's a greater violation. So did you know, actually, that our brain is hardwired to be concerned about what other people think mm-hmm. about you. I mean, it's just hardwired. There was actually a, a study I came across, and this was done in 2010, I believe, and these were researchers from University College London and Aris University in Denmark. And they found that in the reward center of the brain, it lit up when authorities, right, or experts agreed with something that you endorsed. Would that be the same thing that happens in your brain as a child if your parent says good job? Absolutely, Mm -hmm. right, because you're looking for that approval. You know, you want to be accepted, especially by your caregivers. Right, and if you're accepted, then your likelihood of them continuing to care for you is greater. Right. And, you know, in those caregiver relationships, you know, we are being brought up as a child. If your parent isn't giving you that praise and validation, maybe they're just kind of doling it out little by little, right? Or maybe even 
you know, saying it's not good enough, then that would actually activate that part of the brain to seek it out more. Right. Like, I got an A. Don't don't lose it. Don't let it go to your head. Right. Yeah. Right. Why didn't you get an A plus? Yeah. You know, so it's never enough. Mm-hmm. And so that part of the brain is seeking that out, that that validation and approval. And so it is going to reinforce that pattern within you growing up to seek out even more. It almost creates like an addiction type of pattern. A- absolutely. And it is the reward center mm-hmm. of the brain. Yeah. So, you know, this, it does act very much like that. And, you know, that rejection of not getting approval is experienced as shame. You don't belong. You're right. not good enough. You're not worthy. Which is one of our most painful emotions. And, and it affects people who are influenced more. It affects them more. Mm-hmm. And so what we're talking about here is like a, a conditioning that occurs, you know, as someone's growing up. I, th- I think this is why people are susceptible to joining gangs and doing things that go against their own integrity because the approval of the group is so such a primary thing for us. The feeling of being rejected mm-hmm. or you know cast out of the group that is hardwired into us as a major fear. Right. Because it was about survival. Yeah, and when the group doesn't have a common vision of what is acceptable or unacceptable, and those things change based on, you know, whoever's doing the judgment, it really makes an unsettling feeling being in this world because you don't know the behavior you should do to get that approval. I think what's really scary is nowadays because of social media and social media has become an area to gain attention. This is this hardwired, you know, thing that we're talking about here is accelerated. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you, you're just like pouring gasoline on a fire. It's accelerated and it's, um, uh, there's no depth to it. It's like pouring gasoline on cardboard and burning it up. It'll burn up really quick and it's just as painful but it actually doesn't really mean anything. There's really no rhyme or reason as to why things go viral or why people like stuff. Mm-hmm. It isn't because they're good people or because they've done something heroic or tremendous. It's it's just opinion. But if that opinion is aligned with what your thought is, then it makes you feel accepted. It makes you feel validated and approved of. And so if you are finding yourself in a relationship where you feel rejected by your partner on a consistent basis, then turning to the internet or turning to other people outside that can give you that validation and approval is so tempting. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's painful. The rejection, Mm -hmm. right, absolutely. And if you can get soothed, why would you not want to? Although, unfortunately, whatever we do to soothe ourselves tends to make us uh, out of alignment with our integrity. And it's typically behaviors that actually in long term make us sick. Oh, because it's not genuine. Mm-hmm. 
And it is something, it's like a flash in the pan. It's not really something that is sustainable. Right. And all you're doing is looking for that quick fix, mm-hmm. right? And it, it is not going to, um, it's, it's not going to prompt you to try to work things out in your primary relationship. In fact, it is going to pull you away from it. It's a lot easier to go towards the flash in the pan than it is to actually work through, you know, that feeling of rejection or whatever discord is happening between you and your partner. And that's really the work that couples need to do. Right. To do the hard right thing as opposed to the easy wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not easy just to say, well, I don't, I don't really care about what other people think about me because (laughs) it's not true. No. No. As we've talked about here, it is hardwired in all of our brain, you know, and it was hardwired for survival. And so because of that, we actually have to work very hard to not take things personally. We have to work very hard not to be, you know, sensitive about what other people think about us. And I think like everything else, there's like this center point or this, you know, middle ground. Because if you don't care at all what people think, you're kind of a scary person. Yeah. You're kind would, of not a very nice person. Right. I mean, we're talking about someone who's antisocial now. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then if you care too much about what other people think, you have no integrity and you lack your own core and your own belief system. And you'll go against things that are wrong for you because you care more about what other people think than your own authenticity. And so it's somewhere in the the center of that, which is really difficult. And I think our primary relationship gives us the greatest opportunity to get that reflection of figuring that piece out. Because our primary partner is supposed to know us in and out and everything, including our, our shadow side, and accept us for who we are. And so if they give that, give us an impression about what we are saying or doing that it goes against what we think, it's going to make us take a pause. And that person is the one that's most closely related to your decisions. So if you're making decisions against yourself, you're probably making decisions against the relationship as well. Right, right. And now let's take a little break to tell you a little bit more about our home study course called Relationship 101. One of our passions is really to bring this work to everybody. And a lot of times what we hear is one person in the relationship is wanting to work on it, the other one is not. And so this is a great way for you guys to get a taste of what it is like to work on your relationship in a fun eight date night video series to learn what you need to learn. Yeah, Relationship 101 consists of eight video modules, typically about 30 to 40 minutes long, with some discussion questions and exercises for couples to do together at the end. It's kind of a culmination of our work over 20 years and synthesizing all of the skills and tools necessary to create an amazing relationship. This online course consists of eight modules, which is five plus hours of course content. It also includes bonus resources, all designed to learn and grow together as a couple. It's fun, it's insightful, and gives you a great excuse to spend some extra quality time with your partner. All of this course content is valued at over $850 
currently now. It is priced at $387. And if you just go to go.couplesynergymethod.com slash relationship101, it'll take you directly to the link. That's go.couplesynergymethod.com slash relationship101. And if you're a single person, you can still benefit from it. I would say a, a really good rule of thumb is that if you feel like competitors or if you feel like opponents, then you haven't created this safety and trust within the relationship in order to truly understand your position and your partner's position. Mm-hmm. Right Now you have to be guarded. Now you have to defend yourself. You have to explain yourself and that just does not create a um, you know a, a true partnership in working through things together I mean it, it's it, it's fair to say that you're you're not going to agree with your partner throughout your entire relationship there are going to be things you disagree about but you still have to figure out that balance point where you both can find that middle ground where both of your needs are being met and, you know, none of us like what we would call constructive criticism, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't feel good. And, you know, when you're early in a relationship, it's kind of like you're in a place where you're sort of uh, asleep or blind. So, you know, imagine that you're in a home and there's a thunderstorm and electricity goes out. And it's pitch black and you're home alone and you go and you're looking for some candles or a flashlight or something, and you bump into a person. Yeah. In that moment, that's terrifying. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. And then, of course, as soon as a little light goes on, you're like, oh, it's just you. You really scared me. And we don't realize that our partner is also fumbling around in the dark trying to find their truth as well. And with the best of intentions. You know, n- nobody walks down the aisle thinking... I'm marrying someone that's a jerk that's going to hurt me. Well, I hope well, not. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> but then the more investment you have in a relationship, the more you're tied together, the scarier those things become. Right, because now there's greater risk. Mm-hmm. And as you start to you know, show the side of you that you try to keep from the world, you know, there's that concern that maybe you know, my partner isn't going to accept me for who I am. And... Maybe there's a reason too. Like maybe there's something I should work on or work through. And typically in a relationship, if your partner, if you're seeing something in your partner that you think they need to work on, it's also reflecting something in you. You need to work on. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You you don't got it down. No. No. Never. No. no. We've never seen a scenario where that's true. It's always a, a combination of the two people that something's off that needs to be worked on. But it's very difficult to have self-reflection. It's very difficult to see ourselves. We see outward. And so when our partner reflects something back to us, we don't like it. It's probably something in our shadow that we haven't tended to yet. And it's very difficult to us to take a pause and say, okay, let me think about this. Why, why is this an issue? Is there truth to this? Is this something that you know, they're off on, I'm off on, a little bit of both? And, and that's something for the us to figure out mm-hmm. together, yeah. mm-hmm. right? I always love, you know, the, the hearing the phrases like, well, I've done all my work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my partner has to do their work. 
you know, and they just kind of sitting there. I'm just waiting for them to catch up. And it just, you, you could do all the self-work you want. Yep. It doesn't mean that, you know, you have nothing to do, right? This isn't about an us. It kind of reminds me of a teenager. You know, teenagers have all the answers because they have not had any life experience. So it's all theory. Mm. And then when yeah. you get in the real arena, you realize, man, I don't, I don't know crap. <laughs> I have so much to learn. And when we're in that place of learning and growing, then we can get to that place quicker where we take that rejection or lack of approval and we look at it more introspectively and we're willing to have more difficult conversations because we know that if there's an issue, it's not all the other person. <laughs> One of the things they were talking about in a journal called Scientific American is that the more positive behaviors or acceptable behaviors that you put into sort of a social bank account or a relationship bank account, when you do a transgression or you, you do something that other people find unacceptable, they're more likely not to completely reject you and give you a pass or you know be more tolerant of something like that. And I think that is something we're kind of missing in our culture because we don't have enough personal interaction. So it's kind of like you've banked some positive points mm -hmm. yep. that you can draw from if you do something, you make a mistake. Right. So the example they gave was like, you you show up on time all the time, you're there for people. And then one day in the middle of something, you're like, I got to go. And you leave because you maybe you're starting a new relationship and you want to spend time with that person. And everyone's like, oh, they're acting weird as opposed to, I can't believe they just left and rejected us. And, mm -hmm. and they're yeah. like, well, that's not like them. And they give you a little bit of a pass. Like, maybe I need to find out more about that. And that curiosity is so helpful, but we don't have enough opportunity to really get to know people. It's really easy for us to get a slight and, you know, just totally reject someone. Well, that's because we haven't banked any points with any of, you know, these people that we're right. feeling slighted by. And or slighting, whichever, you know, there is, and we've talked about this in past podcasts, there is this uh, dismantling of community. Mm -hmm. And so because you don't have this community to bank those points with, to be able to demonstrate what your consistency is and who you are as a person, you, you don't have anything to draw from. Right. And so people can judge you right away. They, they don't even know you. And, you know, it's very difficult for us to, um, you know, we, we've really lost time for reflection and to take a look at ourselves and say, you know, what could I have done better? What part of this is me? And, you know, for whatever reason, you wanted to go to church on Easter, right? Mm -hmm. Last week. And... I was listening to uh, the act of contrition. So if, if you're not Catholic, and I don't know if other religions do the act of contrition. We, we were raised Catholic. Um, but in there, it really talks about, I'm, I'm so sorry I offended you, my brothers and sisters. And please pray for me because I make mistakes. Mm. And it was really eye-opening because I think we're so quick and easy to look outside of ourselves of what other people are doing. And it's very difficult to have that introspection 
and ask yourself what you're doing. And that's where all the power is. That's what you can change. Taking responsibility Mm -hmm. for your choices, your actions, your words. Mm -hmm. Which our society isn't doing much of that anymore. And it's, it's why it's eroding things and people feel terrible. The anxiety and depression is exponential. You know, to kind of go back a little bit about that, you know, creating a, um, a connection with people and then being able to bank these like positive points, you know, with people. You know, we see this firsthand in couples when they are not connecting Right. When they're not spending time with each other, when they're not investing in the bond between the two of them, the distance is created. And in that distance grows resentment. In that distance is where you take things personally and you start to make your partner out to be this great monster. Yeah, the disconnect that we have in our communities and in our culture in the world allows that to happen so much faster. Because first of all, we feel more insecure and disconnected. And hence we have to be more defensive right. and protective mm-hmm. because now we don't know what another person is going to say or do you know, in reaction to us. And most relationships are formed in proximity. You know, your friends are the people that sat next to you in a classroom and they were stuck there with you or your coworker that's stuck next to you. And now we're all working from home and there's no place of gathering. And there's Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, it's funny because, you know, we set up a a little studio and we we're like, ha, we could be anywhere in the world. You'd never know the difference. And we right. moved it and like it looks exactly the same. So Zoom, you can project an image that isn't three dimensional. It's not true. It's not really a reflection of of where somebody really is or what's really happening. It's missing so many components. And the same thing is true. You know, we were talking about something today about when you look at a picture of a person, you don't know what they smell like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't know what they feel like. You yeah. don't know the energetic interaction of that. All you know is what your eyeballs are sensing but not the rest of your senses. Mm-hmm. And, and Zoom doesn't allow for that either. No, no. No, and, and you know, we started to see that with the emergence of online dating. Mm, yeah. Right, and so, and then Zoom and COVID really just kind of accelerated that. Mm-hmm. You know, that this this connection that was, that was not three-dimensional, right? And it, it, there's, there's a lot that, that, you know, is missed. In, in these types of interactions. It does allow for a level of anonymity. Yep. And so you feel a little bit more protected from any potential rejection, you know, and you also feel this ability to not have to take responsibility for anything you say, right? That's really interesting because you're saying you feel safer, but you're actually more vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't even know if that person is really real. <laughs> right. Or, yeah. you know, you know, we did that one podcast on, on hacking. And he's like, you know, people portray themselves in all sorts of ways. And then you find out later, oh, they're married or they're 
uh, not even the gender they're saying they are or whatever it is. And you have no way of really knowing that. No, no. But you do have the ability to just ghost people. Right. And so you're, you're creating a connection that you think is there and it's very fragile. It's very fragile because there's not actually a bond in the way human beings actually bond. There's not a true investment right. in the relationship. And, you know, it's like playing. Right, right. Well, you're just, you're just kind of, you know, testing the waters. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not a true commitment, a commitment to try to increase that connection and, and increase the bond of that relationship, which takes investment, equal investment on both parts. You're only half invested because Zoom only gets you from the shoulders up. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's really true. Yeah. Are you looking for some great ideas for date night? Or are you looking for some great ideas for family bonding time? You know, we're a big proponent of spending time doing new things that are thrilling and exciting. Look up theadventurechallenge.com. That's theadventurechallenge.com for a couples edition and family edition. Now, these books come with 50 scratch-off adventures, for couples and also for families to bond together and have some great fun together. Use coupon code COUPLESSYNERGY when you're checking out for a 10% discount. Hashtag COUPLESSYNERGY approved. (laughs) We always are looking for some great times. Again, that's theadventurechallenge.com. That's theadventurechallenge.com. And use Couples Synergy as the coupon code. And all the other parts of our humanness. You know, if you think about your dog, right? If your dog was on Zoom, and some people have those little doggy cams, you know, but how much information do you really get from that? So if it was two dogs looking at each other on a camera... They would have no interest in what was on that screen for the most part. No, a lot of, yeah, a lot of animals you do know. not respond to cameras and screens because... And mirrors. Well, it's not three-dimensional from them. They can't sense it doesn't the other smell. being. It doesn't, right. They have no sense of smell, mm-hmm. right. So, yeah, that's, that's And that part of us that is intuitive, that is, uh, has so much more depth to it, it doesn't exist on... On a screen. There's no real way to know that. And then you can use your words and share stories that are very vulnerable without really having a sense if this is a safe person or not, especially if you have any type of desperation. And if you're lonely, if you're needy, if you're unhappy, and someone gives you a little attention, that can feel amazing. And that leaves you very vulnerable to being manipulated. And it's very easy mm-hmm. to find someone out there online that would be able to give you that false sense of connection. Right. So it's it's a very scary thing here because there, there's also this, you know, we were talking about the brain earlier. There's also the, the fact that the brain doesn't know the difference. Mm-mm. Right? So it doesn't know the difference between someone who is giving you that attention and validation online 
versus someone who is giving you that attention and validation in person. And it's actually easier to get that online in, in a fake way mm-hmm. than it is to get that from someone that you are trying to have a legitimate, authentic relationship with. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier, the idea that you know there are scenes in movies that if they were actually happening in real life, you would respond very differently. If you were watching someone be hurt or hurting, you would probably reach out and help them in some way. But if it's a movie, you're just watching it happen and you can't do anything about it, but you are experiencing that and you still have to process all of that. And and so that makes us in in essence, it kind of shocks us and makes us desensitized. But our natural reaction to things if it if it's real people in a real life situation, we don't get that practice because it's an artificial environment. So I guess what we're saying is that it's complicated. Yeah. That yeah. there's there's a level of self-acceptance and knowing yourself that needs to happen, as well as caring about what other people think and feel and finding that balance of not going against yourself just to be part of the crowd but also understanding how important it is to give that acceptance to other people and how much we need it ourselves. Which takes a lot of self-evaluation. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a relationship, it takes a lot of uh, couple evaluation. It takes a lot of evaluation within the relationship together mm-hmm. for you both to be able to understand how it affects you personally and also within that relationship together. I really feel that, you know, what makes me feel good is being in service to other people. Whenever I can help, I feel really good. I've gotten into the habit of if someone asks if they can help me, I say yes. You know, like if we're having people over and they say, can I bring something? I'll always say yes. Mm. And it's hard. It's still hard for me. It's, it's vulnerable. But I know that they they will have a better time if they show up with something if and they feel, feel like they can help and yeah. contribute. Yeah. And it's very difficult to accept it. And I just do it as a rule of thumb. And then I, I do the, try to do the same thing back of, you know, oh, how can we or I give to others, even if it's kind of silly. Like we have a friend <laughs> that we leave little Stroop waffles for because he loves yeah, them. <laughs> that's right. He does. Yeah. And it's really funny. And and it's just a little way of saying, hey, I thought about you. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it's easy. It's easy just to do it, you know. Maybe he doesn't even eat them when he puts them on his. <laughs> he oh, does. He, he does, loves yeah. them. <laughs> He's got a sweet tooth. So, uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed this conversation about, you know, why we care about what other people think about us. And, you know, just send us a little note about what you thought uh, about the show. We want to thank you for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you, for all of you listening, if you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, our home study course, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who can benefit from this episode, 
please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.